Chapter 5, Part 4 of The Greater Life and Work of Christ. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Linda Pretorius. Greater Life and Work of Christ by Alexander Patterson. Any true faith in Christ must believe that he has been directing the affairs of the church and especially this part of his work during these 1900 years we must also believe that his plan is working all this time any other view than this would strip god of his power of control and leave his actings at the mercy of whatever mishaps might spring up in the path of progress god lives and reigns and all is working on in his great plan whether it agrees with our ideas of what ought to be or not it is useful constantly to remember this my thoughts are not your thoughts neither are your ways my ways saith the lord christ fully declared such a state of affairs as we see existing now and during the past centuries the predictions of himself and his apostles agree with this condition there are reasons deep and fundamental lying in the very nature of things why this condition exists and will exist until the end of the age it is not merely an arbitrary edict or the result of neglect by the church or any other adverse influences the same great causes which we have seen operating from the beginning operate still and will until the whole great demonstration is finished the first great fact we must consider is the nature of that called the world there are three words so translated these mean respectively the age the habitable earth and mankind the word is used in two senses first as we generally use it in a neutral sense as to moral character and second as meaning something evil or defective we have already considered christ's relation as to his death and work for the world but besides this world there is an evil age and an evil thing called the world and an evil spiritual influence corresponding to these this age or world is spoken of by paul as this present evil world and he urges us to be not conformed to this world he speaks of satan as the god of this world he refers to its character ruler and effect in these words and you did he quicken when ye were dead through your trespasses and sins wherein aforetime ye walked according to the course of this world according to the prince of the power of the air of the spirit that now worketh in the sons of disobedience the contents of this world are thus described by john all that is in the world the lust of the flesh and the lust of the eyes and the vain glory of life is not of the father but of the world the world as a body of persons is spoken of in contrast with the church and as in antagonism to it if the world hateth you ye know that it hated me before it hated you if ye were of the world the world would love its own but because ye are not of the world but i have chosen you out of the world therefore the world hateth you this world the christian is warned against love not the world neither the things that are in the world if any man love the world the love of the father is not in him it is evident from these scriptures that the world in this sense is of the satanic trinity the world the flesh and the devil and can no more be converted than can the devil himself another great principle announced by christ 
is in these words wide is the gate and broad is the way that leadeth to destruction and many will be they that enter thereby for narrow is the gate and straiteneth the way that leadeth unto life and few there be that find it there is no intimation in any of the afterwords of christ or the apostles that the broad way was to become any narrower or the narrow way broader or that the respective number of juniors was to be changed all of the history of the church and all our observation as individuals confirm this account of the character and dimensions of these two ways and their companies the new testament writers always speak of the church as a little flock sheep among wolves wheat among tares and pilgrims and strangers and hold out no promise of earthly aggrandizement either individually or as a church in numerical or political influence they are pointed to another age and life and the time and place of reward the course of the church in this age christ everywhere declares is to be like his own he reached the cross so will his church the church is to follow the master to calvary before it can follow him to enthronement there are not only reasons in the foregoing scriptural passages for the fact of the small number converted so far in the world but they form an irrefutable argument for the statement that the remainder of the age will show the same results if in nineteen hundred years the world has not been all converted it is not more probable that even another such period would show different results the same agencies which have prevented the whole world's conversion still exist nor would the conversion of the present or any future generation be the conversion of the world for the most of the world are dead the eighteen centuries of those who lived since christ are beyond the gospel's reach nor is there any assurance that the world would remain as a world in a state of conversion the history of the past points to great apostasies following great turnings to god but the words of christ and of the apostles are conclusive upon this point there is not one word in all the promises of christ or the new testament writers promising the conversion of the world in this age there are certain scriptures which speak of the prevalence of the gospel and righteousness these must either be placed according to their chronological data or if no such definite time is mentioned then in harmony with those which are dated they all refer to future times some of those most common used are manifestly for a future age as for example the following well-known and often quoted passage ask of me and i will give to thee the heathen for thine inheritance and the uttermost part of the earth for thy possession thou shalt break them with a rod of iron thou shalt dash them in pieces like a potter's vessel the latter part certainly does not refer to the work of christ in the gospel age the promise our lord made was i if i be lifted up from the earth will draw all men unto myself but this he said signifying by what manner of death he should die this has not been fulfilled as yet and the promise does not specify a time we must therefore interpret it in accordance with other more definite promises it could not have been intended to apply to the succeeding nineteen hundred years for they have come and gone and the promise is not fulfilled we look for its fulfilment in another age 
the objections raised against this view from supposed necessary conditions as the work of the holy spirit are all answered by the fact that the spirit carries out the purposes of god the holy spirit can convert the world to god if it's god's will just as he could have converted paul but he did not paul was converted by the appearance of christ himself so if it is the will of god to convert the world by other agencies than those we are seeing we have no right or reason to object it is not derogatory of the work of christ or the holy spirit to see in this age of the gospel only what scripture declares is the purpose of it some have conceived false impressions as to the purpose of the gospel dispensation they think it is to bring about a full and complete victory for christ and all his cause and that by the present agencies there is such a victory coming as sure as god is and reigns but not now nor by our feeble arms or means we are not to be the means of seating christ upon the throne of universal dominion we are the recipients of his bounty saved by grace and are his workmanship his tillage a flock to be fed and guarded the bride to be sanctified and honoured we are not to crown christ but he is to crown us we are not to bring him a victory but he is to bring us a victory the world is not to be subdued by us even though the gospel but by himself or rather by god for him as the above scripture declares some testimonies to this view of the scriptural truth are given calvin wrote there is no reason why any person should expect the conversion of the world john knox said to reform the face of the whole earth which never was nor yet shall be till the righteous king and judge appear for the restitution of all things luther said the older the world the worse dr luther writes as follows the path of the church of jesus christ is like that of her lord and saviour through the cross to the crown let her know let her comfort herself thereby dr robert patterson writes if we are to enjoy any period of outward peace during his absence if his church is to be delivered from the assaults of the world if there is to be an age of purity when the tears shall not grow among the weed or at his coming he shall be welcomed by the population of an earth filled with the glory of the lord even if he be able to find faith on the earth it will be to him a most welcome surprise in all his discourses and parables there is not the least hint we are to hope for any period of peace or glory before his coming bishop ryle thus writes i believe the world will never be completely converted to christianity by any existing agency before the end the wheat and tares will grow together until the harvest when the end comes it will find the earth in much the same state as it was before the flood professor a briggs referring to the presbyterian standards writes the current doctrine of a millennium in the future before the advent of christ is another extra confessional doctrine for which there is no basis in the westminster standards the conversion of the jews and a more religious condition of the church before the advent predicted in the new testament has been improperly associated with the millennium the idea of a future millennium before the advent is ruled out by the westminster symbol 
Donner writes as follows. The New Testament does not countenance a theory which assumes merely a quiet, steady, growing interpretation or subjugation of the whole world by Christianity in the course of history. This is the optimistic view which is unprepared for eclipses of the sun in the firmament of the church. The New Testament foretells catastrophes to the life of the church, so that in this respect also it is a copy of the life of Christ. Dr. Robert J. Breckenridge writes, As a question of mere doctrine, no reason can be assigned which tends to limit the period of the struggle between good and evil in the world or to determine any positive between good and evil in this world or to determine any positive issue for it it is only by express revelation we could know that the kingdom of god will triumph completely and possess the whole earth and i have already said that the scripture seems to me to teach that in order to this triumph that kingdom must assume a new form and exist under another dispensation whoever will assert that the church of god independently of some divine change in the elements of the problem which it has been working out under its gospel form for more than eighteen centuries can have a future very materially different from her past history or that the human race can have a future spiritual history essentially variant from that which is past without some further and marvellous interposition of god will in each instance it appears to me contradict the whole current of divine revelation and disregard the absolute economy of the plan of salvation the augmentation of the present saving operation of the divine spirit is not that supernatural change in the element of the problem is not that further interposition of god which will extinguish sin and misery in the world and give the saints millennial glory and reign with christ we are now to examine the results of the mixed state of affairs which we have seen exist in the individual believer in israel in the church and in the world and see what plan christ has in our age and its final outcome we can see first of all that no better state or world could exist for the development of individual character we have seen the fight within the believer the struggle between the flesh and the spirit the same struggle is met also without the opposing elements which the christian meets the struggle he is called upon to make the final and constant victory he may have all furnish the gymnasia he needs to strengthen the gifts and graces of the spirit by this life of constant turning away from sin and self and to god he is so fixed in holiness that he becomes permanently holy what has been said of the individual believer is true also of the church we look back to the eternal past and see the divine plan under consideration and the great object of christ's care was the church to train his body for eternal service and enjoyment was the great purpose of all the divine plan the statement of the forerunner of christ of his plan of his work as to the church is in these words whose fan is in his hand and he will thoroughly cleanse his threshing floor and he will gather his wheat into the garner but the chaff he will burn up with unquenchable fire the sifting process is going on everything adverse contributes to the end even as to the delusions of satan paul writes for there must be also heresies margin factions among you 
that they which are approved may be made manifest among you the divided state of the church seems lamentable and yet it could exist as the world and as human nature are in no other state the church was once organically one and never was it more corrupt the days of the church supremacy were the days of the beginning of her spiritual downfall in those days were developed all the evils which have since existed the prizes of power in the universal church were and would be so great that human nature even in the church could not resist the temptation to self-seeking and self-aggrandizement as we see it in almost every sect and party however small ecclesiastical ambition and love of gain has stooped to any means of gaining its end therefore christ as at babel has sent confusion of tongues that this idolatrous purpose may be thwarted the sect of to-day are a necessary means of preserving the spirituality of the invisible church in the same way the church has been preserved the doctrine which one sect has ignored has been emphasized by another some have been raised up to bear aloft some forgotten truth in the days of some powerful and worldly sect some humble party has been called out to preach the gospel to the masses and has been the means of calling believers back to more pure doctrine life and word the vitality of the church on earth all this time is an amazing feature of its history every device of man and the devil has been exercised to exterminate it it has been decimated by persecutions and enswathed in the smothering influence of godless secular power it has been exposed to the ridicule of the world by the doings of false members and by the shortcomings of true ones it has been almost destroyed by world-wide apostasies and its doctrine corrupted by the admixture of abominable heresies it has been divided and redivided and split into hundreds of warrings factions and sects and it has been poisoned and enervated by worldliness and invaded and attacked by every form of unbelief there has been scarcely any way of destruction it has not faced and yet it still exists christ ever has had his care over it it has come through all and will until it emerges from the world of conflict into the kingdom of god eternal in respect to evangelizing the world also we can see how the state of the world as we have seen it and as it is to continue is the best condition for the offers of the gospel to secure true believers in a state of such as existed in the time of constantine and as exists to-day in limited localities where religion is a matter of great repute and of gain the converts so-called multiply with great rapidity but they are of questionable quality all this by a state of humility and obscurity for the church is avoided as the quicksilver attracts the gold so the gospel under such circumstances attracts the true believer and the false rejected the world has been greatly blessed temporarily by the gospel of christ this is a fact to which attention is often called and is self-evident it was in the plan of christ that this should be so the promise to abram was in thee and in thy seed shall all the families of the world be blessed the seed paul tells us was christ 
one need only compare those lands and communities in which the gospel is preached in purity with those where it is perverted or where it does not exist and the fact is clearly shown the evils which afflict man especially the poor are far less than before christ the world is better behaved vice is more concealed and so far made less an example and is more under reproof the law came to restrain transgressions so did the gospel only far more effectively great evils entrenched in centuries of life and supported by wealth and power have gone down under the silent secret power of the influence of the gospel the world could not have existed as it was unless the restraining influences of the gospel had come this is but a temporal and temporary benefit it is true but it is a benefit that was in the plan of christ the people of christ have been and he said they would be the salt of the earth as well as the light of the world they have preserved and illuminated mankind the whole plan of christ as to the individual the church and the whole world in this and every age is described in this parable of christ so is the kingdom of god as if a man should cast seed upon the earth and should sleep and rise night and day and the seed should spring up and grow he knoweth not how the earth beareth fruit of herself first the blade then the ear then the full corn in the ear but when the fruit is ripe straight away he putteth forth the sickle before the harvest is come the work of christ in nature is everywhere illustrative of his work in the affairs of life and grace the great lesson of this parable is that every age is a sowing and that each age is left to develop its own results and when these have come to full fruition the results are gathered in a harvest so it was as we have seen in the age before the flood and also in israel the latter were given every opportunity and when they had accomplished all they could the age was brought to a close and the seed saved for a new sowing our age is no exception to this great law of divine action the sowing has been made the age is to be permitted to develop and to show its nature as all others were permitted it is essentially different from those which preceded it as to the forms of development although not as to nature the great demonstration has reached another stage the world was tried under license and the results were seen in the age before the flood in the israelitish age law was tried and the results gathered in our age grace is being shown and man is being tried under a great display of the mercy and love of god the most searching of all tests is the gospel as has been seen it tells by the acceptance or rejection of the hearer whether there is true desire for salvation and to do the will of god so for the world at large to this age has been sent the gospel of grace all has been done for man's salvation he is offered free grace it is a searching test of the nature of the world to be one day shown to the universe of their instruction the world will have to be brought to the end of its resources for self-saving before it will accept the gospel of christ it is true of the world as it is true of the individual we come to christ from our sense of need so all the mooted plans for remedying the evil of life without the gospel will be given an opportunity to show what they can do 
material civilization especially in the newer countries and communities in the flush of achievement is much hoped for means of bringing the age of universal prosperity and contentment the improvements of living the multiplication of means of amusement the increase of wealth and discovery of remedies of disease or the prevention of them rapid means of transportation these are expected to produce all that is needed to make man all he wants to be or have all this will be given the fullest trial by being allowed to come and be actually tried the great hope of our age is intellectual power with this it believes it will yet transform earth and make this world a paradise for man sin is to be educated out of man and the world the influence of music art culture and education are relied upon for this change political improvement will cooperate to the end great evils are to be eradicated and with them will go temptation and with temptation will go sin itself all this is to have a full fair trial it is needed to say to those who see things as the scriptures delineate them that all these must fail intellectual power is not the saving power this has been abundantly demonstrated in the past the most intellectual race who ever lived on earth not expecting any now existing was the greek lecky writes of them as follows within the narrow limits and scanty population of the greek states arose men who in almost every conceivable form of genius in philosophy in epic dramatic and lyric poetry in written and spoken eloquence and statesmanship in sculpture in painting and probably also in music attained almost or altogether the highest limits of human perfection Carlton thus has written of the same race thus the millions of all europe breeding as they have done for the subsequent two thousand years have never produced the equals of socrates and phidias the average ability of the athenian race is on the lowest possible estimate very nearly two grades higher than our own that is about as much as our race is above that of the african negro this estimate which may seem prodigious to some is confirmed by the quick intelligence of the athenian commonality before whom literary works were recited and works of art exhibited and far more severe character than could possibly be appreciated by the average of our race calibre of whose intellect is easily gauged by glancing at the contents of a railway bookstall yet this race with all its power did not and could not save itself the character of the greek is well known immorality has not even apologized for unchastity has the essential element of the religion of greece at this very time the priestess of her temples were prostitutes and sixty thousand of them were required for the temple of venus all forms of government will have been tried all social systems all reforms and full development of modern science will come with its material benefits in invention and appliances of every kind all form of religion too are to be given their day as many have had already the forms of belief and worship imitating all more or less closely the religion of christ but without the cross of christ will arise and are already arising socialism in some form will undoubtedly come and be given its opportunity to make an eden of earth without the regenerating power of the holy spirit and the gospel of the crucified christ 
the great demonstration will never need to be repeated when it is over all future ages will read the story of man's trial and failure and will profit by it the possibilities of self-saving and self-keeping will have been exhausted this outlook will be perplexing unless an intelligent and scriptural view is had by the purposes of christ in our age it is better to know the truth and have the right motives operating within us than to be swayed by false views of an impossible state of things which will in the certain failure leave us disappointed dr oberlin writes on his subject as follows it is not good that our modern theology scarcely ever views the present time in the light of biblical prophecy in all historical works or philosophical remarks on the times much is said about modern anti-christianity and there is no instruction given the laity how to view this phenomenon in connection with divine prophecy what is bringing thousands from christianity and preventing others from coming to a belief in a full and true christianity is nothing less but a respect for the intellectual powers which rule in these days of modern science and culture but the worst thing is that scarcely any one sees the depth of the evil for even in the old testament the old covenant the chief and most active aim of the false prophets was to make the people believe that their state was not so bad and that the judgments of god were not near therefore the fundamental and oft-repeated charge against them was they heal the hurt of my people slightly and say it is peace it is peace when there is no peace there must ever be kept in view the great difference between the ending of our age and the final outcome on which we are to fix our eyes a short-sighted view is either false or discouraging complete victory comes only at the end the present age of the church has to do with the beings of the other world as the following scripture teaches to the intent that now unto the principalities and the powers in the heavenly places might be made known through the church the manifold wisdom of god this he writes was one purpose of the grace given him to preach the gospel the epistle to the hebrews states that we are compassed by a great cloud of witnesses the world is a theatre of grace paul writes he was a spectacle to man and angels peter tells which things angels desire to look into the reference is to the preaching of the gospel the cherubim are represented bending over the mercy seat and looking down in the wonder and reverence upon the type of sprinkled blood daniel hears in vision a holy one asking how long shall be the vision concerning the continual burnt offerings and the transgressions that maketh desolate to give both the sanctuary and the host to be trodden under foot and again another asks how long shall it be to the end of these wonders in the apocalypse the heavenly hosts are continually represented as breaking out into songs in the accomplishment of the divine plan all which goes to show that we are actors upon a stage about which are gathered in the most intense interest and heavenly beings looking down and learning by us and our doings and above all by the gospel we are given and the grace shown us of the love of god and the grace of our lord jesus christ the apostles as stated at the beginning of this chapter preached our future christ they did not regard these works in this age as complete they pointed to a coming age and victory 
we must ever remember that this age is only one of several and its results are not a finality other ages preceded this and were only preparatory to it as peter tells us to whom it was announced that not only unto themselves but unto you did they minister these things this view of the plan of christ is necessary to an understanding of christ in his present work there is nothing more injurious in the contemplation of the purposes of god than a limited view it narrows one's ideas dwarfs faith and dims hope this view is plainly taught in the scripture quoted or referred to eight times in the new testament the lord said unto my lord sit thou at my right hand until i make thine enemies thy footstool this does not refer to the gospel work of winning men to loving relationship to christ such work is never so described it is conquest it is victory over enemies christ's attitude to the future is here described he is expectant and waiting he is at the right hand of god this is the place of the heir the king by right rather than the king by actual possession this is the nature of christ's present kingship as he has been shown his title in the church is lord and his view before the world is on the cross the kingdom is a future condition as manifested to this christ looks forward as we do one of the purposes which occupied the attention of christ in his present state is intimated in the well-known scripture in my father's house are many mansions if it were not so i would have told you for i go to prepare a place for you the preparation of this place was part of the work of christ in his present age the one who wrought so in creation to prepare a place for the human race now works for a higher and dearer object the home of his bride this place christ has gone to prepare must not be identified with the so-called middle state where the spirits of the departed are now and until the resurrection it is some special place out of many mansions in the house of god this comes into consideration in the closing chapters end of chapter five part four recording by linda pretorius